Welcome back to the podcast. Today we are going to take you somewhere you possibly never have been. That is Cajun country. And we are going to talk about meekness. Welcome to Kingdom Speak with Pastor Daniel McKillop. Man, have you guys been to Cajun country? Oh, yes. Oh. not. Oh, yes. I hope he has like a bowl of crawfish on his desk today. Oh. Oh, it's going to be so good. The home of miniature lobsters. Oh, man. I, they're, much, they're much easier to eat than lobsters. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't do lobster, but so I do like pick crawfish. Them, pick them apart with your fingers. So. Hey, just hang on. I need to read a review. People are leaving us reviews. Did you guys know that? No, tell us. <laughs> There's a five-star review. There is a possibility that there's more. I will start with one on Apple Podcast, And it says this. Every time the notification arrives that there is a new episode, I almost feel bad going about my day without listening. Mm. These are deep, impactful, and anointed podcasts. Keep up the amazing work from Nathaniel Shrekeis. Oh, as we know, is a missionary. That's so. right. In Honduras. We will say amen to you. Can I get a amen? Amen. Can I get a hallelujah? Hallelujah. And one more just because. Absolutely phenomenal. Five stars. This is a top-notch, power-packed podcast that will bless every aspect of your life if you will be a hearer of the word. I would recommend to anyone. Absolutely phenomenal. That's from Brother Peter's. Hey. On Apple Podcasts, we say amen to you. Power Pack Podcast. There we go. Hallelujah. Five star free P podcast. I like that. Say that yeah. three times fast. Power Pack Podcast. Yeah. yeah. I think I'll stop Easy. now. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. So, man, this is. Are we great. ready for this today or oh, what? Man, I can almost man. smell the, the Fezzo's Cajun seasoning. Oh, man. Yeah. What was the other place? D.I.'s, wasn't D-I's. it? D.I.'s. D.I.'s, that's right. Oh, hallelujah. Went to D.I.'s. Oh, man. That's been a while ago. I've never forgotten that. That was just yeah. great stuff. This guy is at that level. I tell you what, not just, not just the country that he's coming from, but you better have your finger over that Bible bomb button today because we are going to get into it with mm-hmm. our guest, Pastor James Townley. From Jennings, Louisiana. Welcome. Thank you. Man. Thank you. It's an honor to be with you. My friend, we're really glad that you're here. Well, I'm joyed to be with you. And we have, um, we talked about this, I guess, a couple of weeks ago in um, Texas, where we were at a meeting together. And we've just been working on putting it together since then. And for those of you that don't know, Pastor James Townley, he pastors First Pentecostal Church in Jennings, Louisiana, and is a noted mm-hmm. voice in the apostolic movement and a dear friend. And we are, we've had Pastor Wade Townley, who's a, a real dear friend of mine, close. He escaped the Cajun country to um, where crawfish grow up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. But this is the first time we've had you on Kingdom Speak, and we're delighted to have you today. Well, thank you, Brother McKillop. Uh, I count it a great privilege to be uh, invited and to be able to share this moment with you. Absolutely. There is a, we're just going to jump into it, there's a, a number of messages uh, that, that you have preached over the years that have impacted me personally and I, I know the greater apostolic movement, but one of those is a topic that really extends beyond the reach of one message, but that is uh, some insight that God has given you on the role of meekness. So we, we want to we talk about that and just kind of get, pick your brain a little bit about, um, about that. What, you know, there's, is, is meekness weakness? What? What's the role in leadership that meekness really plays? Yeah. 
Great. Well, uh, meekness, as you stated, and as is often quoted, is not weakness. Right. Uh, weakness speaks of uh, lack. Yes. Meekness uh, speaks of attitude. All right. Mm -hmm. uh, weakness speaks of lack, but a person that is meek is an individual who has power under control. Oh, wow. And uh, hmm. uh, so they don't, it's not person, that they don't have power. <laughs> that's exactly right. But power under control. Yes. Uh, Jesus Christ himself in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 29 said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Yes. Or I am meek well, and lowly in heart. Well, <laughs> and you shall find rest for your souls. Yes. Did he lack power? <laughs> <laughs> All power is given to me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, right. you know, in the example of Christ himself, uh, meekness is not the absence of power, but mm. it is the ability to harness it, control Oof. it. I could call, but I won't. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Right. <laughs> That's mm. right. Right. Uh, and so there is the, the power that exists in Christ that is unlimited power, all power, but it is fully controlled by what is right and proper and wow. just. Wow. Hmm. Is there is there someone else outside? Because it, it's easy to um, do a pass off and say, well, I can't, I can't be Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So right. I, I just move over into the breakdown lane and let him go by. Yeah. He says, just study me, learn and apply as much as you can. Yeah. <laughs> Is, <laughs> He's sort of like me. Yeah, exactly. Is, is there another, uh, another leader that, that echoes, echoes this meek approach? Cause that, that really is, that's the, that's the summation of leadership, isn't it? Yes. Of, of balancing power and, and authority and controlling it. Yes. Uh, from, my personal, <clears throat> from my personal observation, um, these men who are able to balance their power and be meek men, uh, to balance meekness and assertiveness, um, are men who are able to develop great churches uh, and to grow their churches mm. and to accumulate a greater number of people as a general rule. Wow. Wow. And uh, so, yes, I really believe there is, there is something to uh, a leader's ability to be meek. Yeah. Th this, this, um, not, not to get off on a rabbit trail, because I know we got some ground to cover, but I've often been, uh, okay, in discussion of pastor to pastor. You know, mm -hmm. do, do you preach by observation or do you preach by inspiration? Mm. Because you see it, do you have to address it? The, because there are times that you do. Yes. But Jesus... There is no way he preached based off of everything he knew, or we'd we'd have never got a parable out of him. He he knew yes. what people thought. Yes, exactly. That's a good point, mm -hmm. right? So when there's five thousand people sitting out there, he knows who's cheating on who and who's mm -hmm. he knows it all. Right. So if 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 leading by that level of knowledge. Mm -hmm. and observation, it would completely handicap leading by inspiration. Very good. Very good. I, I do firmly believe we should always be spirit-led. Uh, we have to be. All and right. that wouldn't lead us in, in contradiction with meekness. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. We should always be spirit-led leaders, um, and yet all of us leaders know we're very human and painfully we find, so <laughs> we find ourselves in those quandaries of of feeling the pressure to provide spiritual leadership but we don't necessarily in that moment have that quickening of the spirit as you uh, say that's right? the mouthful right there yes mm -hmm. and so 
you know, what do we say? Um, I would say this, uh, one of the, you, you touched on a point that I do have in my mind concerning, should we ever preach out of observation? Right. All right. And, and uh, something that's kind of balanced me on that area would be David. Uh, David was the keeper of the sheep. Right. And as he watched over the flock, there was a lion that came out. Uh, All right. Yes. And yes. there was a bear another time. Yes. And so what does he do? Does he sit there and say, God, what do I do? Yeah, let me get some direction oh, that's on this. So good. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You know, uh, right. or, or does he do what a shepherd does? Right. He's only got limited time. Right. He's got to act quickly. Right. So there is a moment in the wisdom of being a shepherd. You don't have to wait to know what to do. You already know what to do. Ah. Hmm. So at that moment, it's not about praying what the will of God is. The threat is pretty obvious. That's exactly right. So you go rescue the lamb, yes. which is which is another thing that I think is beautiful about that story is the Bible said that he recovered the lamb out of the lion's mouth. Hmm. Ah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so <laughs> sometimes we can get so passionate about killing the enemy. Oh, come on now. Hmm. Oh. Destroying the lion or the bear that we actually harm or damage the lamb in the process before we, yeah, before we can ever get it out of the lion or the lamb's, uh, the lion wow. or the bear's mouth. Which, and so, yeah. go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go. go. <laughs> ah, this is good. And so, you know, that we, we don't ever need to forget what our motive should be, and that is to save the lamb. Yes. Yes. Okay. And, so, this is what I was going to say. Let me throw this in here. All right. That's why he says, if you see a tear, leave it alone mm, and yes. don't ruin wheat. That's exactly trying to get right. to tears. That's exactly right. Go ahead, man. That, that is so, so good. And so again, a, so this is the leader that's wanting to save the lamb, but he's got to be skilled. He's got to be disciplined. He's got to be controlled even while he's under pressure to act quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. And he's, he, he don't need to damage the lamb more. Yes. While he's trying, trying to, to destroy. Rescue. That's right. Oh, that's good. Bear. So, um, you know, there is, there is, um, we're already starting to go down and lay a foundation where I could, I could start introducing the idea of what I call the balance of virtues. Okay. Okay. Uh, which is an off subject of meekness, but at the same time, it, it, it plays into it. Go ahead. Um, and that is, uh, so you said, does, does a man need to pray or when he sees the lion or the bear reach and take hold of the lamb? Well, it's not time to pray at that moment, maybe pray for help, and yeah. grace and wisdom, but you right. act. And so at, at, at what point do we pray or not pray? So should we pray about everything? Okay. Mm, great question. Yes. Well, I think we should pray about most everything and pray, pray about all matters. But in reality, if the word of God has already given declaration and made it plain what we should do, we should not be seeking direction. We should be obeying. Obeying. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Right. How many times are we praying about stuff we should be obeying? <laughs> Absolutely. And if there's prayer to be made, we just pray for grace and strength and the ability to do it. Oh, that's good. Yes. Mm -hmm. So we're not praying about being baptized in Jesus' name. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's stated clearly. Here yeah. is water. Yeah, what doth hinder me? Right. <laughs> and so there is, wow. there, is, there is in life, maybe I'm going to just go ahead and throw it out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I call competing virtues. All right. Okay. For us to be balanced people, balanced Christians, we must believe what I would call competing truths, but it's all truth. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. But yes. it's, it's truths that have our create tension between other truths. All right. Good. And again, we're going to get back to this meekness, but sure. 
where I'm going with this uh, is that, um, let's think about this example like this. Should I be a contented Christian or a discontented Christian? Hmm. Yes. All right. So I, I should be contented. I, Paul said, I've learned whatsoever state I am there with to be content. Right. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Yes. But should I be contented in who I am as a person? And should wow. I be contented in what I know and what I've learned? I should be contented in that I know truth. Yes. And I'm walking in truth. Yes. And I have a relationship with God. Yes. And I'm a servant of the Lord. But I should not be contented in that I haven't accomplished all that he's called me to do as a servant. Right. And I don't know all that I could know. At I've that point, all I... lethargy takes over. <laughs> there you go. So we, we, we have to learn to be contented and discontented. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Two things can be true at the same time, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so we have these competing virtues. Oh, that's good. That create balance. Wow. Spiritual balance in our lives. And so... Um, that's, this is why it's important. We know the, the whole of the book yes. and we remain students of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because when Satan tempted Christ in the wilderness, he didn't always lie. No. Sometimes he quoted the book. Right. Right. And he used the scripture to Excellent. try to get Jesus to violate another scripture. Yes. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Oh, and that is the trick, isn't it? That is it. That that happened through the entirety of Jesus' ministry, trying to catch him in his words. It was absolutely. But he was the infinite in wisdom, and he was the living word. Yes. Yes. He was the embodiment of the whole of the book. Yes. And so there was no way for the adversary satan himself to to pull him by scripture to violate another scripture which again touches the apostles writing that we should study to show ourselves approved yes Mm -hmm. that we could rightly divide the word of truth this is so good i've used this as an example even um i think i mentioned it this past sunday about uh we we know that that there is a promise of blessing associated with tithe paying giving generosity see if i will not open the windows of heaven we we understand that yeah but you cannot outgive your way out of poor stewardship mm. oh so good so good. So, so there it, it is again. It, again, yeah. we have the assurance of God's favor and God's blessings mm-hmm. if we're obedient, but we also have his command to be yes. a yes. steward. And so <laughs> you can be doing one thing right, but not doing the other. And it affects, is that, is that a fair? That's exactly right. Man. So there is a polarity of truth. Well, there yeah. we go. Yes. Polarity, yeah. polarity of truth. That's it. Yeah. Holding each other in tension is that that balance. That's exactly right. Is this not what Brother Booker was just talking about a couple of weeks ago when he said about seeking the will of God? So he talked to us about that. And he said, if somebody talks to him and he doesn't and they don't really know what the will of God is for their life, he says, Well, you should get up tomorrow morning and go to school and be a student. And yeah. it, you know, so you, yeah. you the don't task just got hand. It's, it's the I, present duty, the yeah. present duty. I, yeah. I don't know what I'm supposed to do, so I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to sit home and pray. Well, no, you probably should go do something, but keep seeking at the same time. Right. Oh, that's good. That's how, good. how many problems of this sort? And this has got to be where a lot of this stuff was birthed for you as a pastor. Mm-hmm. How many of the problems we deal with that, that, that put our lives into a cycle of 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 just chaos that are really rooted in people doing one thing right but they missed the balance very good absolutely i thought about this in terms of conflict okay all right you have 
you mentioned, you know, as a pastor, so let's talk about two members within the congregation or whatever, Sure. that there could be conflict. Uh, normally, conflict continues because each person has a certain principle they're standing on. <laughs> yes. Oh, definitely. Boy, that's good. <laughs> For sure. And they're justified and they're standing on their principle. Yes. Mm-hmm. But there, there may be another principle that yeah. the other individual standing on. And if 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 we could we could strike the the balance of these two principles that's keeping us divided or the individuals divided, right? We can find wisdom and what we should do and how this can be resolved. And uh, so absolutely, too often division remains and lives because each person's standing on their own principle, and it is the tension. It is. It is the tension. I've used this expression, uh, Pastor Townley, of, of there's always, we all have a tendency to cherry pick principles. That's right. That's Our personalities right. may align more easily with certain requirements in Scripture, certain virtues, but there's always something that if we're not That's careful, right. we're, we're, we're cherry picking it. That's very good. Man, do you have a couple more examples? Go ahead. This is great. Yeah. I, actually, I got about 30-something. Oh, my. Of these. <laughs> this is this has really become a um, the journey of a lifetime for me. And this sure. is all born out of personal growth uh, and spiritual development and wanting to render kingdom leadership so this is a passion of my soul because it's, it's, it's a part of who I am. It's what makes me, me. Right. And ultimately it's a study in the person of Jesus Christ, because in him are all of these mm -hmm. virtues oh. personified. And so we're ultimately wanting to become like Jesus as Christians Yes. and to reflect his nature. So all of, all of these, uh, virtues that I see as, uh, that balance one another are perfected and exemplified in the man, Christ Jesus. Of course. And so this is a part of my personal journey. And so, uh, for years I've just, I've contemplated and God has helped me to begin to realize these, these virtues that, that compete with one another, that it is essential that I have both of them in my life. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, this, let's go on a, a more of a personality uh, level rather than a spiritual, Sure. you know, most of us are either introverts or extroverts. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. All right. Right. Uh, we're more extroverted in nature, outgoing, you know, comfortable with crowds. And then there's people that are introverted. That's, that's not comfortable with themselves and definitely not comfortable with crowds. Uh, and yet each, each personality type has a great contribution that they make to the world. Sure. and the social settings. Mm -hmm. sure. mm -hmm. But in reality, as an introvert grows, he's going to become more extroverted. And as an extrovert develops and grows, they're going to learn how to become more tempered. Yes. And yes. careful. Yes. And so the way I say it, sometimes uh, we introverts become introverted extroverts and yeah. extroverts That's become awesome, yeah. extroverted introverts. <laughs> right. Right. And so, you know, there is that balancing again, I'm trying to show the, yep. the balancing that is continually uh, being developed in us by the spirit of Christ and the wisdom of Christ. Well, let, let everything be done with moderation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Be temperate in all things. So what, what aspect of our life do we not have to apply that to? That's exactly right. Temperate in all things. That's exactly all things. And what you're saying, I'm hearing you say, is that we should probably work on our weaknesses, not on our strengths. <laughs> oh, very good. Right? <laughs> <laughs> if I'm going to be a better me, i got to work on the things that I'm bad at. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Oh. That's right. It takes... Need a few suggestions? Oh, or... man, no, I have a list already. Thank okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a list here. Of 
you know, a lot of people would find this interesting. When, when do I need to learn to speak up and when, when do I need to learn to shut up? Oh, go on. Oh boy. We're getting go into on. it now. Sure. And, and if we can find again, the perfect balance of this, that's wisdom. Uh, hmm. And wisdom is defined as skillful living. Wow. So the ability to know how I should act under given circumstances, how I should conduct myself, yes. what I should do, what I should not do, that, that wisdom, that skillful living. Yes. And that's, if we do not get an understanding of these competing virtues, we, we can never strike that balance of wisdom. Wow. We walk the straight line. So, uh, you know, I, I don't remember where I wrote it down. Someone said, only speak up if it improves upon silence. <laughs> oh. oh, that's not a Bible, Bob, but it's a Bob. <laughs> oh. Wow. <laughs> Sometimes silence is better. Oh. It's kind of like those, I know you're you're a tremendous singer and, Kind of like music needs those those little rests. Yeah, yeah. Sila. See, yeah. Well, there we go. <laughs> I'm never talking on this podcast ever again. <laughs> the what a word fitly spoken. Yes, fitly. Mm. Wow. Love that. Yes. The prophet said, "The Lord hath given me the tongue of the learned, that I may speak a word in due season." And, and so this, this goes into every area of life. And sometimes I, I'm, I'm willing to discuss this, but to me, I feel like there's so much more. This is, this, I'm still in download mode. Sure, sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to present this information and become this, but yet I'm still trying to grasp it because it's so, it's, it's so, uh, it's, it's, it's the wisdom of God. And there's, there's so so many levels to it. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, but out yeah. of this, Pastor Townley, is the... I think this goes back to finding the, the balance of the ecology of the, of the garden where fruitfulness mm. is and productivity is. There is yes. that perfect balance. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's great. I, I, I'm, I'm going to use a word here that that compromisers may may think I'm 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 saying more than what I'm saying and I'm not. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to be an apostolic extremist. Yeah. Mm. Is that that's good. Extremism that's good. It, it's not it's just not unique to other faiths that are involved with terrorist activities and whatever. No, no. They're, they're, we have our own regions of extremism. Very, very true. Did you want to name I, a few? or I'm going to let Pastor Townley do that. <laughs> Improving upon silence here. But, you know, this is a part of my notes that this is where churches get off balance. Yes. This is where ministries get off. Hmm. Yes. Uh, because... There are, according to scriptures, weightier matters than others. And so there's some churches and some ministries that can get focused on things that are not the weightier matters. Sure. Hmm. Sure. And this, this is, this is the, where you get this radicalization that you're talking about. It's off balance. It's, it, it, it actually results in a lack of fruitfulness rather than fruitfulness. The churches don't grow. Right. I'm not speaking as an ultimate authority, but an observer. Yes. So uh, I agree with you 100%. The, the, the toughest, the, this, is, this is so, so needed, this discussion, because the most difficult situations that I have been involved in, whether it's trying to resolve conflict, whether it's trying to coach somebody through 
the process of becoming mm-hmm. a better a better being <laughs> than what they mm-hmm. are. Yes, um, is when they have a scripture to support their position. That's exactly right. One, they yeah, they rest the scriptures. Ah, yeah, yep, yes, for their own gain. Absolutely. So they justify actions or the lack thereof based on a virtue, and to use your expression, then it becomes a vice. Yeah. And boy, this just opens the door for my next scripture. All right, go. Job 11 and 6. Okay. Job 11 and 6, Zophar was speaking to Job. Yes. Now, Zophar's perspective of Job, that he was a man in error. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he said, Oh, that God would speak to you, Job. And in verse six of chapter 11, he said, That he would show thee the secrets of wisdom. Huh. That they are double to that which is. Wow. All right. So that can be understood in multiple ways. The wisdom of God is so far exceeding our human wisdom that it doesn't matter what we see or what we understand that we perceive as wise. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's, we only see in part and know in part. <laughs> right. Right. So our, our best perspective, sometimes the way I say it is through a glass darkly. Right. Yes. Right. There is so much more to anything God, that God is revealing, that God is teaching, that God is showing. Wow. Do, do we ever see the whole picture? Yeah. We think we do. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Good answer. Right. <laughs> but that's where our problems come from. Absolutely. And and this is this is a this is a declaration that is true by Zophar, but he's he's even viewing his brother wrong. Wow. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And he said, boy, if we could just get the wisdom of God on this situation, <laughs> we'd really, we'd really know what you are. Jim. Oh, man. <laughs> and, and God really does know so much more because he knows the integrity of Job's heart. Exactly. He's the one that started the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not his brother's condemnation that's going to, going to, nope. going to help him. Nope. It's ultimately his prayer for his brothers that's going to help him. Right. And that he is going, he's going to mirror our, our manifest what it's like to be a true brother in the face of criticism. Wow. Wow. And so not only that, this double also could mean it the wisdom of god it's 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 double sided it's it's folded it, it's not it's not something that could just be gleaned and fully understood with one glimpse mm-hmm. the wisdom of god is so multifaceted it is so right. complex there's so right. many levels to it it's got to literally be unfolded right you got to look at it this way and then flip it over and look at it that way. And, 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 and even beyond what I'm saying there, it's double-sided. You got, you got these two principles that compete. What verse is that again? It's Job 11 and six. Yeah. I have that written in my notes. Have you ever read that in the NIV? Uh, no. Let me read it to you. And disclose to you the secrets of wisdom. For true wisdom has two sides. There you go. Know this. God has even forgotten some of your sin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Is that... When you were saying that, that, that's for... what I was looking on my phone. I'm like, I know I've got a note in here somewhere. <laughs> How's that for self-righteousness? Huh? Oh, oh that hits <laughs> feigning as wisdom. It hits hard, man. Yeah. Everybody else may not know, but God knows. But God knows. <laughs> <laughs> wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is so multifaceted. Can I, can I make one more point before we go any further? Yes. And that is 
wisdom is not always appreciated when it's exercised. Yes. So when a person acts upon wisdom or when a person makes a judgment, such as a leader makes a judgment based upon wisdom, sometimes the followers will not really understand because sometimes the leader is dealing with information that the, that the followers don't know. And sometimes, uh, let me just encourage saints and followers to be very respectful and compassionate towards their pastors, because sometimes the decisions that they have to make and situations they have to handle are so complicated. Right. And not everyone knows the full story. Mm -hmm. And that, even the pastor doesn't know the full well, that, story. That's just what I was going to say. <laughs> you know, seeing, con considering that you've just raised the perspective of a saint looking at the role of a pastor, Yes, I know that we stand in the pulpit and it would appear like as the anointing is on us that we are invincible. We are, you know, it because you can observe Moses going up mountains that you're never permitted to climb. Mm, you can yeah, think yeah. that that he is just something you're not. Mm. Failing to understand that at best we are grappling with fragments yeah. of the story. Yes. And, and whenever whenever I'm going in to work with a situation, there's verses that haunt me, mm. and, and you're you're dancing all around them. But you know, he that answereth a matter before he heareth it, <laughs> right? Oh, that's so good. That's so mm. good. And so that's what I'm saying. As from a saint's perspective, if you've only heard one side, you're not even entitled to a biblical opinion on the matter. Oh, that's so powerful. And well, I've sat in my office don't... and done this hurting two sides. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. They got to watch exactly. this to see what I just did. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> oh, that's so good. I, I'll, I'll make a confession here and it'll help. I remember one time I was very upset with my children. O and, only, uh, only once or? Well, no, I'm remembering one time. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's only happened twice, but just not. <laughs> Such a meek man. <laughs> but I was, I was uh, wanting to correct them. Sure. Uh, because I was, I was really disappointed in them. If I would have acted hastily, I would have damaged my relationship with my children. Because what I thought and what I perceived was not true. Wow. And they would have taken my discipline or whether it was just words, you know, oh, yeah. I could have just, but yep. if I would have acted based upon my emotions in that moment and not ruled my spirit and controlled myself, wow. I, I would have disciplined them for something they did not do wrong. And while they may have taken it, meekly and humbly i would have i would Damaged. have lost some respect in their eyes you you've just you've just opened up a a subject that you know you, you talk you talk to some parents and you hear by reason of everybody's upbringing and how they were brought up and whether whether they were disciplined in a biblical fashion or abused or yeah Right, and they, and they can pull back from. Uh, I could never, I could never discipline my child. Balanced with the fact that what you just said, and I and I, I I encourage all of our parents that it is impossible to discipline a child when you're not disciplined yourself. Mm. The, it's lost. Mm. The objective of the act is lost in the undisciplinedness of the disciplinarian. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. That is so awesome. I, I remember one time the Lord spoke to me this, this phrase. It was like, there are men who demand submission, but they themselves have never been subjected. Oh, oh man. You can't find that button over there? <laughs> no, 
I'm injured right now. <laughs> wow. So, so how in the world can they ever develop it or call uh, it forth or you, you exemplify? Can't. Yeah. You, <laughs> they don't even know what they're looking for. Right. <laughs> so what you're expecting, you've never done. So it's, it's, it's likely an unreasonable expectation. Yeah. So how in the world can the parent properly discipline the child because they themselves don't understand? What was the centurion saying when he said, I am a man not that has authority, but I am a man under authority? Under authority. <laughs> right. That's right. And so that understanding became a basis for the miraculous for that man. That is a statement. Mm -hmm. yeah. How many miracles yeah. are we missing out on just because of this that you just mentioned? We don't understand authority. We don't. Because he could literally speak a word, and it was the same as if he went himself. Yeah, what means most to us, that I'm a man that have a has authority, or I'm a man oh. that's under authority? Oh! oh. Okay. Okay. Oh. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. What are you pursuing? Yeah, what's most important? Yeah. Well, I tell you, the reality is both are important. True. We need both. That's that's the essence of what I'm, 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 in, right. I'm talking about here today. Right. But, but our having authority means nothing if we're not under authority. Because right. what authority do we ultimately have? We, we don't want preachers. A, right. There you go. We don't want preachers do that don't have it. That's right. Never heard a man speak like this man. He spoke as one. Yeah. Having authority. But but we don't want people in authority that's not under authority. That's the Can't deal. That's not it. truly subject to the spirit. Can't have it. That's exactly right. So we need parents exercising authority that are under authority. This even goes into the work arena. I mean, yeah. I mean oh man, the the business field. You don't want to work for a tyrant. No. That's exactly right. You won't. You won't. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's exactly right. <laughs> that's right. very good. Mm -hmm. That's very good. So let me finish this point, and because we, we're 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 segueing into where I think we ultimately want to go and land today. Yes. And that is wisdom. The Bible said, "Wisdom is justified of all her children." And that's, that's the completion of the point I was making is that wisdom is not always appreciated when it's exercised. Yes. But the next generation will justify. Oh. Wow, that's huge. Oh. Give it some time. Oh. And it sounds like the bishop. Let it work. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. The children will justify. Yes. Yes. The offspring, the fruit of it, will justify the exercise of wisdom. Give it some time. Hmm. Have you heard the statement? I've, I've, I'm sure we've mentioned it before on, on previous episodes of the show, but I, I credit it to Bishop Larry Booker. I'm, I'm not sure okay. if it was original with him. But he said, you, you, need, to, you need to make decisions with 10 years in mind. Oh, my. Mm. give every decision 10 years and then go, it, was it really worth it? If, 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 if I go back 10 years, how many decisions would, would I change? Oh, that's so good. So giving it time, it really, yes. it really demonstrates whether or not that was a wise decision or not. Yeah. Well, and another thing it does, I want to give strength to the decision makers. Good. Good. Because there's always going to be yapping dogs. Yes. And critical voices. Yes. That says, I think you should do this. And I think this should be decided. And I, this is the action I think the leader should take. Yes. But the leader has to be the leader. And there's something glorious when leaders lead righteously. Oh. And meekly. And meekly. <laughs> and 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 they don't they don't have to defend themselves. They know they've got the wisdom of God. Boy, that's and, a statement right there you just said. They don't have to defend themselves. No. 
because wisdom is justified of the children. So I'm, I'm going to make the right decision. And then just keep on going. And I'm just, I'm going to go. I'm, and everybody will know eventually. Absolutely. Wow. Mm-hmm. And how is respect gained? It's with time. It's earned. It's learned. Yeah, there's no, there's no shortcuts to that. Yeah, no. <laughs> Which is where we could jump quickly where people that assume positions of leadership, they want the power and the respect of someone that's been Without in that in leadership time. role for years and years and years. And Absolutely. So they want to come in and wield their power. And Absolutely. Their authority. <laughs> It can become very dangerous. <laughs> Putting it lightly, yes, sir. <laughs> Absolutely, it can. So, if unless you have a comment to make, we'll, we'll no, go towards go. the question you gave me earlier, and that is: Is there anyone in Scripture, anyone I can think of that you know beyond Jesus, right, that mirrors this meekness that we could you know find inspiration from and instruction from and certainly it is the man moses in the bible yes uh, in deuteronomy 34 and 10 the bible said there arose not a prophet since in israel like unto moses all right wow. so hmm. moses as a man and as a leader you know stands head and shoulders above all other leaders yes. Yes. Um, and the bible said concerning moses numbers 12 and 3 now the man moses was very meek it didn't just say meek. Very. Very meek. Wow. Above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. Wow. So this was his virtue. Yes. This was his nature. But yet we find when Moses gets to the end of his life, he's an angry man and he vents his frustration. And there was, a, there was a moment that he actually lost control of himself. Displeased and disobeyed God to the point that the man who received the vision, the direction and instruction to lead God's people out from Egypt into Canaan was forbidden to enter into that promised land himself. So he Not lost because the thing of, that qualified him. There you go. Not yeah. because he made a bunch of mistakes, but he right. made one, one. mistake. Yep. Right. Yep. Right. Yep. Which, one mistake. Which which not not to not to to uh, take a rabbit trail here, but I think it's important that leaders understand this and that followers understand this. Mm. Is that that the followers made a lot of mistakes and still but the leader only had one chance. So that's a position you don't want to covet without a calling. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Because you, you put yourself really in a position where you could miss out on, on, on the benefits of that which you're pursuing. Followers have a lot, of, a, a lot, more, a lot more leeway, it would appear, than, than, than what Moses had. Well, what is interesting is that while Moses's disobedience, where when the Lord told him to speak to the rock to produce water, right? He chose to strike the rock, right? That kept him from going into the promised land, but it did not keep the people from going into the there promised land. Exactly. Mm. So the essence of what I'm saying is when we do not control our power, our authority, we may not ultimately limit what the people become sure. or their ability to get where God is taking them, Sure, but it will limit our ability of how far we can take them. Wow. Mm-hmm. The, the vision then, if I'm understanding what you're saying correctly, the vision was given to the people. That's not Moses's vision. Well, yes, but the reality is that's God's vision. 
Right. It was given to the people from God. This is God's plan for his people. And Moses, if you're not going to do it according to my leading. I'm going to get them there one way or the other. That's exactly right. I'll get them Somebody's going to do it. Right. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. But the person wow. that, that misuses their, their power and authority will limit how far they can take the people. Now, wow. uh, when you look into the scriptures, I don't have time. I don't, I don't know how much time we have. So when we look into the scriptures, uh, the Bible says that this was actually a faith issue with Moses. Right. All right. He did not believe the Lord. Wow. So God had actually previously produced water from a rock by him striking it in my in my opinion that is a way in which god kind of let the leader vent his frustration he gave him an out gave him a little bit of out to get this out of him wow he struck the rock of course we know there's typology there too sure, right right but when it comes to leadership he was able to to act in a way that kind of gave some vent to his frustration but the next time God said, speak to the rock. Yeah. Do we believe that God can get the same result through a different way? Oh. Uh. <laughs> Is God so lacking in wisdom and ability mm-hmm. that he just got to do it the same way every time? Ah. This is a massive discussion because we can we can be more married to methods, mm-hmm. right, than to the yeah. God of the method. Absolutely. And that's where the balance of the book and being spirit-led. Yes. And we, we just, we can't ever just say, well, all right, I'm dealing with this situation. And the last time I dealt with a situation like this, way, this yeah. is the way God said, deal with it. Right. No, we got to stay men of the spirit, leaders of the spirit, ladies of the spirit, right. where God says, no, this situation, you handle it this way. Let me just ask you this. Do you think Moses would have been struggling with even pressure from the people that this is how he dealt with it last time? Hmm. Hmm. I, I don't know. I'm just throwing that because that, yeah. that, that can be a real thing. Yes. This is how pastor responded to it last time. So what's he doing up there talking to that rock? Yeah, that's good. That's good. Here in modern terms, it would be, you want something to hit, you call in Moses. That guy can hit stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he can, could he ever swing that stick? Yeah. yeah. He might not and, swing and it this time. No. That's good. And the way I said it before is that sometimes back to reference in the relationship with our children, our children may deserve some discipline, but a big old hug. Oh, might melt that heart. Absolutely. Hmm. So do we give them what they deserve? Or Or what they need? need? Let's not say how Jesus treats us. Uh, let's let's not bring yeah, that. That's a different podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and think about this. Israel was griping and complaining, but all they needed was a drink of water. Wow. And we can get hung up as leaders about how they're going to get their water. When really, if they just had something to drink, they, they'd be satisfied. Man, you're hitting everyone today, Pastor oh, Tally. So good. So mm. notice this. I'll read you a scripture. The Bible said that Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod, he smote the rock twice. He didn't twice. just hit it once. Right, right. I mean, the man was, he was, He's he fired was up. upset. And the water came out abundantly. Mm-hmm. Yes, it did. And I want to tell you, when we get through as spiritual leaders, sometimes people can be laying in the floor, lost in the spirit, talking in tongues, and God can say, I got a problem with you, minister. Wow. You didn't do it the way I said do it. Wow. So the Just end. because the people yeah. 
are drinking water. Is not approval of your method. It's how much he loves the people. <laughs> there you go. And they could be laying on the floor talking in tongues and we can feel justified. Oh. And God say, me and you got a problem. And God may never publicly rebuke that leader in front of the people, but he will limit him. Yes. And this is the reason he said, because you did not sanctify me before the people. Yes. So and God so reality, took it personal. There it is. Well, God took it personal because Moses wrote about it four times in the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 137, the Lord was angry with me for your sakes. Deuteronomy 3, the Lord was wroth with me for your sakes. Deuteronomy 4, the Lord was angry with me. Deuteronomy 32, ye trespassed against me, the Lord said. And Moses talked to the Lord and said, God, I don't want to miss going in. And God was like, no. And there's a come of moment. He said, don't talk to me. That's exactly right. Don't bring it up again. Wow. And so the people could be drinking water. And God said, you know what? I may deal with this on a leadership scale. And I may not rebuke you before the people. But man, yeah. you're going to deal with this and I will be sanctified. You will either sanctify me in obedience or I will be sanctified by me sanctifying myself in judging and limiting you. But I will be sanctified. I'm a holy God. The wrath of man worketh not. Worketh not. Wow. So, you know, as a leader, I've, I've got to keep myself in check. I've got to keep that power, that authority harnessed. And I've got to keep what comes out of me to be life-giving, no matter what I feel. Wow. As a matter of fact, I'll make another point. It's, we don't find Moses calling the people of God names. He wasn't harsh with his words. Sure. He was an intercessor. Sure. On their behalf. Mm -hmm. Sure. But in that moment, he called them rebels. When he grabbed that rod and began to smile, he called them rebels. I mean, he was, he was unhinged. He, he lost it. And there's even in Psalms 106, there's a couple of scriptures you could reference that talks about how that he cracked and he began to yell out of his nature. It'd be a great discussion to have um, completely separate about this. Maybe we need to have a conversation about this. That Part two. How does a Moses keep from cracking? Boy, that's so right. Because we know there was various points in Moses' life where his father-in-law took him aside and said, man, you can't keep doing that. that, that that's too much. That's mm -hmm. exactly right. You know, I, I mean, as, as practical as it may be, maybe you just need to take a week off. Maybe, you know. Yeah, that's good. Just, just, just. Uh, yeah, I don't have time to reference it right now, but Moses did get angry at Pharaoh. There's a scripture that says. There you go. Yeah. Right. He got angry at Pharaoh. Right. That's and what I'm he thinking. Got angry, yeah, he got angry at God's people. But the reality is he didn't let his irritation that came from outsiders ever cause him to disobey God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. But he let the people he was leading get under his skin. Yes. And it caused him to disobey God. Wow. We need to do that part two. Would you come back on and do part two? I would be honored. Wow. Folks, this has been... He's a natural podcaster. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to hear part two, you know what to do. Come on. Come Subscribe. on. Yep. Yep. Subscribe. Down there. There's a bell somewhere. Yep. There's comments. Blow it up. We've got to convince him to come back on to have mm. a bit more of a discussion about this. And this is deep today. Wow. Thank you, Pastor Townley. This has been amazing. Thank you for the honor.